and welcome to another episode of No Plans to Merge. I'm your host, Caleb Porzio. I'm your other host, Daniel Colborn. And today's episode is brought to you by the Gold Canned Diet Coke. The non-caffeinated Diet Coca-Cola. That's right. It's a little hard to get. Yeah, and the sponsorship is harder to get, so uh, we really appreciate that. Yeah, honestly, like usually to work for these sort of big one-off brands like you really need to demonstrate a lot of roi you need to uh, have a long proven history of being non-controversial yeah which we don't um right so yeah but fortunately there's actually a separate marketing department for uh influencers non-caffeinated diet coca-cola it's separate from the main coca-cola marketing budget because it's a completely different target market yeah well the brand the branding for coca-cola is have a coke have a smile the branding for non-caffeinated diet Coca-Cola is have a non-caffeinated diet Coca-Cola. We're dying soon anyways. Yep. You know, the world isn't going to be here for that long. Live it up. So fuck it. What do you think about non-caffeinated diet Coke, Daniel? Uh, so I've, I, uh, my grandmother, my, uh, my Maryland grandmother, okay. my father's mother, hmm. um, she regularly had it in the house oh and we didn't go there that often because we lived in japan but whenever we came back to america there's like a few things about that house that were like weird okay uh it smelled like cigarettes all the time okay um there was a sort of a recliner and then there was like this very 70s like hanging chandelier that had like a lot of beads like wooden beads on mm-hmm. it Mm-hmm. The house kind of smelled like wooden beads. There was a lot of wooden beads and cigarettes yeah, going on. Yeah, w- wood absorbs cigarette smoke. So the and the beads, yeah, it's a lot of surface area. W- wooden beads, and then there was like wooden ducks, like mallard carvings. Mallards, wooden mallards. That's dude. This sounds and like wooden a really fruit, nice. Pad. Actually, there was a bowl full of wooden fruit. Cool. A lot of wooden artifacts. Then there was an exercise bike that we used to play on heavy. Nice. Or not an exercise bike, but one of those like. You sort of stair step on either side. Oh, like an elliptical? Yeah, like an elliptical. Yeah, exactly. An elliptical. Okay. So we used to play on that pretty heavy. Nice. Um, like one kid on each foot thing. and We did every permutation of ways to get hurt on an elliptical. Yeah. We did. Um, yeah. And it smelled like cigarettes and there was diet caffeine free Coca-Cola. Wow. And you could drink it. Yeah. That's... But it was all warm. She kept all of her oh, no. soda outside of the fridge. So you, she was very much of the generation of like, get a cup, put some ice in it, and pour your soda over Right. That. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's a, the greatest generation, some say. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. I, I grew up in a house. That my, my dad, I'm curious about, about other households. Because my mom didn't do this, but my dad had like special snacks. Like, he had mm-hmm. special things that we couldn't touch, you know? I will have that when I have kids. Right. As will I. Well, and you, yeah, you're about to have a kid any moment. Yeah. And, and you're going to guard some special snacks for, for sure. sure. They're not, yeah, that kid for at least six months is not touching any of my food. <laughs> my jerky. None of my food in the house. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the jerky. Kids love jerky. Um, it's good. It's good. Daniel, diet. Oh, so my dad always drank Diet Coke mm-hmm. and or Pepsi. I don't know, whatever. But it was always in the fridge, ice cold. We could mm-hmm. never have it, mm-hmm. and we were just stuck with like juicy juice or whatever, yeah. like water and whatnot, mm-hmm. milk. 
but he had diet coke and he had mm-hmm. like a few other like things they were just like you know he would have small amounts of it but we couldn't you know so if we ever well, got that's a what sip, you get for having a job when you have a job you right. can fucking you could decide hey this is my diet pepsi you right. can't have it and my mom was a stay-at-home mom so she didn't get to have anything um mm-hmm. she couldn't right. she didn't she have, didn't a, have job, a job so she had tough that sucks for her. Oh, <laughs> uh, rough, rough. <laughs> Should have got a job, mom. Should have got a job. Uh, Couldn't have your own Pepsi. <laughs> right. But anyway, so like, were there things in your fridge growing up that you, that were like, you know? So my dad actually, he squirreled his snacks away. He didn't put, he didn't oh. keep them in the communal areas. Right. Well, he had an office. Cold and he things. would squirrel them away in his office. Did he have a mini fridge or? No, he actually had a drawer that had beer in it really yeah he would keep his beers in a drawer first and i can't I guess, picture your dad drinking beer neither could i for a long time until i discovered he had a drawer full, <laughs> full of warm beers before full of warm beers correct that's crazy. So yeah i don't so he's I like never a pour like, your beer over ice kind of guy i don't know his generation. I, I don't know if he was doing that or not <laughs> right, right. or whether he was like I don't know what he was doing. Probably just slamming it because it's so warm. He just like slammed it. I do know he had a couple beers in a drawer usually. Wow. Interesting cat. But of course, um, it only made the diet Pepsi more uh, holy to us. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. highly sought after. Um, Mm -hmm. But like, I I don't imagine other kids are very into diet Pepsi. Right? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Diet soda sucks. Yeah. IMHL. So, uh, all this to say, Daniel and I beforehand were talking about, I don't know. We talk, oh, Daniel's drinking coconut water. Mm-hmm. Nice. So you buy that. What do you buy? Like individual cans or you buy. I was at a coffee that. shop just before this and they, in addition to selling coffee, have a little fridge full of coconut waters and nice. Perrier's and stuff. Cool. And I just snagged me a coconut water cause I didn't just want to drink a cup of foamed milk right you know i wanted yeah. to like feel a little hydrated but i oh, also yeah. didn't want a glass of water <laughs> mm. um but you you drink like yerba mate and stuff like you, you have I cans do. of fun drinks regularly. regularly i also drink a lot of Lacroix. okay yeah like i probably like a probably more than most people <laughs> like how many a day it depends on the day it depends it's kind of like you know, in the old, I don't know if you ever were like extremely financially irresponsible, but in the old days, like when you get paid, you spend a lot of money on payday. Yeah. That's how I am okay. when we buy LaCroix. Okay. When we buy LaCroix, the day the LaCroix enters the house, like. Oh yeah. You're just going I drink wild. a lot of them. And yeah. then like as the, mm-hmm. the LaCroix supply wanes, I become, right. I'm ration more that's the effect of like buying in bulk that just any savings you get buying something in bulk is immediately vaporized when you just by the fact that you open six Lacroix and finish none of them yeah you just have so i just bought dude wipes in bulk and now i'll just liberally use dude wipes you actually stop showering and just wash your whole self they're just for my for my uh they're they're, you know they're just for For the dudes yeah well they're for uh basically how do i put this in terms that won't like yeah yeah just go for it yeah just uh just send well, it. i've already send i've it, already dude. committed to not like literally speaking out the so i have to come up with something creative um mm-hmm. you know doing the paperwork you know you're you go to the office yeah you know the paperwork once a day ish and you uh-huh. do the paperwork while you scroll on your phone or whatever yeah i've actually been doing uh less paperwork than i'd like recently 
and then you're also you do the the thing where you sit on a carpet and you scrape <laughs> you like shimmy oh okay so you've done less toilet <laughs> you've done less <laughs> paperwork recently so <laughs> you do look really uncomfortable you got that okay so explain this to me I won't uh so Uh, so yeah uh, um dude but dude dude, dude, dude. wipes are like you know a bidet i imagine is like the best thing ever but whoa bidet what are we talking about here paperwork this is a bathroom thing no okay nope um oh did i say bidet Mm -hmm. i meant uh paperweight this is the end of the bit. Um, Caleb, what else do you have going on in your life? Uh, um, um, back in Buffalo, Daniel. Back in Buffalo. I've traveled long Back and far. in the city of Buffalo. Have you seen a buffalo yet? Or is that... No, there's Like, buffaloes. how often do you see a buffalo in Buffalo? Often. Often? Yes. Downtown or where? Everywhere. Where do the buffalo roam? everywhere um uh-huh. but more there's more downtown there are yeah. statues of buffaloes at mm-hmm. some point in like the past at some point in my lifetime they started like commissioning these buffalo statues sure yeah and so all of a sudden everybody's getting a buffalo statue like they're popping up everywhere and you paint them Dude, and so there's, there's painted buffaloes thing, like all over buffalo there's been a thing recently where cities have like cities have been sort of rebranding okay and they're like trying to like have a mascot and like have a whole thing yeah. Like uh, when I was in New Orleans, they were in the middle of this thing where they were commissioning sculptures of streetcars. Mm. And then they would take these streetcar sculptures to elementary schools, and the, the kids from the elementary school would paint the streetcar statue. And then <laughs> just, they were just like putting them all over the city. There was just these statues of streetcars painted by children. Huh. Um, but I went to Norfolk, Virginia, Norfolk, Virginia, city by the sea. Um, they are trying to be mermaid town. That's their whole thing. And mm. it makes sense. They got, they got, they got a whole Navy right there. A lot of Navy going on in Norfolk, Virginia. Yeah. But, uh, they, in the same way that New Orleans has these streetcars and it sounds like Buffalo has Buffalo. Um, Buffalo, yeah, has Buffaloes. Yep. Well, I think the plural of Buffalo is Buffalo. Right. Buffalo, Buffalo, oh, Give buffalo, me a home buffalo, where buffalo. the Buffalo roam. Yeah. It's not where the buffaloes roam. Oh, boy. You got me good there, Deke. Yeah. Well, the skies are not cloudy all day. Right. Um, so the they got mermaids everywhere. Everywhere you huh. look. Every park, every corner, there's a statue of a mermaid. They've got mermaids on all the street signs. Like someone commissioned like a oh. massive public works budget to be like, right. every street sign we have, we're tearing it down. We're putting a mermaid on that bitch and we're putting it back up. Yep. So, yeah, it's crazy. But I feel like it's happening in a lot of cities these days. Yeah. I I, I only know one city that's mm. doing it, but you got two. Mm-hmm. So we're up to three cities. Yeah. You so, know, Baltimore is called the city that reads. Really? <laughs> it's on every... all the benches. Really? Why? Yeah. What's the go, deal? Any, any bus stop bench, it says Baltimore. Well, actually, it either says Baltimore, the greatest city in America, or it says Baltimore, the city that reads. Weird. Yeah. Wow. 
they think, I think mighty it was like a literate there was like a literacy campaign in the 90s or something okay and they were like i think baltimore had like a low literacy rate compared to the rest of the country mm. <laughs> and they were like we're gonna fix that we're gonna like right invest in reading in you know Baltimore. what they should have said or the original slogan was the city that reads good <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway yeah. um baltimore the city that reads uh daniel i have two bits launching off Please, of that dude first launch wait. off bit is there's a sign on our way back from florida and from anywhere if we're coming from the south and coming to buffalo mm-hmm. once you get what do you want 95 90 Mm-hmm. 95 to start off and then you like hopscotch your way over to the 90 at some point um 90's got to be east west right 90 is east west but yeah it actually travels uh north and south for a long time because it curls around it west? the great lake because of the even 10 number okay you already know about yeah. this never mind <laughs> yeah well I, I guess i mean i guess every city's probably that way but like we have a bunch of you know we got the 90s and the 290 and the 190 and the 990 mm-hmm. and all the do you know the whole system uh, yeah i watched the cgp gray as right, did you right, right. <laughs> right. i knew it before the cgp gray don't, thing don't daniel don't i read the wikipedia daniel, no you didn't know anything i dude tell me i don't know the intricacies of the dwight d eisenhower interstate system all i knew was even i knew zero through nine or whatever up and up and down and then left and right but i did not know any of the legs and yeah, the like connecting points eights. and the forks and all that stuff. Eights are bridges and tunnels. Wow. I don't know if CGP Gray covered eights, man. You're really mm-hmm. proving your Wikipedia knowledge. Mm-hmm. Anyway, continue. So the 90. Right. So the 90 travels from the West Coast. And then when it gets to Lake Erie, it curves upwards and sure. follows along the right side of Lake Erie. So the 90, everywhere we live, is up and down and it's really weird because it's like oh you take 90 west or you take 90 east but you you can't map it with the direction because it's just totally wrong because you're going north and south exactly even though so does west go north or south west goes south and east goes north yep that's exciting yep and then it curves back around and follows the bottom of lake ontario right so then wherever presumably west would then start going north on the other side oh i don't maybe maybe i'm north a little bit some point sure but it's more like a gradual you know thing but i don't know so daniel when you're on the 90 and Uh that's another thing you probably don't say the 90 like you would just say no that's more like a california thing you get on the one and the five five. yeah yeah Yeah, it's a it's also a buffalo thing uh when i i did one of those like local tests a while ago when they put out like they they could tell you exactly where you're from based on like what you call it like it's a Mm -hmm. throughway in buffalo they're all throughways Mm-hmm. There's we never so call them highways, interstate? never call them interstates. It's always huh. throughways, which is weird. Weird. I never knew it was weird. So they could tell you, oh, you're from Buffalo. You call it a throughway. You call it the ninety. Um, pretty weird. Okay, Daniel. There's a sign when you're approaching Buffalo that says, "Buffalo, the the or an all America city." The all America city. Yes. Or an an all I think it's an all America city, an all America city. What in the world? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Dude, I saw I, th- a, I I have to just believe they have a character limit on these signs. I saw a TikTok that was this couple. They were sitting in traffic going into an airport. You know? Yeah. Like you know how you pull into like the off the highway onto the ramp that goes into the airport and it's inevitably cr- crowded. 
Yeah. So they're like stuck in traffic on that ramp and they're looking at this Delta billboard and it says, um, the trips that are work- worth making are defined by the things you can't. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just reading it over and over again, trying to piece it together. But yeah, an all-America That's- city. Has anyone ever said that? Is Buffalo that a thing in all-America city. What's up with that? Like, it just challenges my notion, my like notion of language on such a fundamental level because I'm reading I think this, this sign. Is- this is like definitely a committee like this is has such like parks and rec energy you know yeah, where like or... some group of people like someone was like hey what if we called it an all-american city and they're like all-american that means this other thing but like what we're really trying to get at is that it's all america <laughs> you know R- right that maybe that's what it means it's all of america in a city dude that I just yeah. have to believe that there's the, the committee, there's some, there's an English teacher on the committee, like my aunt and like, mm-hmm. you know, she'll like correct somebody for saying, um, uh, uh hold on, like, uh, oh, wait, give me two seconds here. I'm trying to think. Cause you know how you say like, uh, you know, Daniel and I went to the store. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but some you would say me and Daniel went to the store and she would be like, no, it's no, Daniel and I. That's the first layer of like. The first layer of correction is is it's Daniel and I. You know, that's what a right, lot of like... The, 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 oh, then the second layer of correction is right. like when you mess it up the other way. Yes, when you're supposed like, to say Daniel and me. It's like, hey, could you give Daniel and I a ride to the airport? Yes, exactly. And you're like, actually, it's Daniel it's, and me. Can you give Daniel and me a ride to the airport? Yeah. And right. So I feel like there's somebody there that's like, oh, well, because you said city, you have to say a All car. America. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. That's funny. Yeah. So, so that's that, uh, Daniel. I feel that's like that. there is sort of a tendency of anytime somebody knows that something is going to become like a slogan or be put on a billboard. Yeah. There's like this drive in us to make it as nonsensical as possible. Yeah. Just to <laughs> you give know, people something like, to talk about because you're on the well, road. You just and you're don't want to get so pinned bored. down, too. You, like, you're like, hey, I need this to be all things to all men, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, let's just take away any sort of real meaning that it might have had and just kind of make it a jumble of words. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I get it now. I see it now. Yeah. Daniel, can we talk about road trips and driving? Sure. Quiznos. Mmm, toasty. What's that? I mean, I know what Quiznos the, is, so I... Mmm, uh, toasty is their, is their uh, tagline. Right, but what about that? What about I think it's great. It's all... Um, it's very emotive. You know? It doesn't, like... Just doesn't really take a position. Oh, I got you. You're saying another tagline that's that's mm, you're saying toasty. That. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was extra toasty cheese. It's tagline. Mm, toasty. It should be. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's definitely Quiznos. No, it's not. I'm just. It should also be the tagline for like uh, for like El Paso, Texas. Okay. Mm, you know, toasty. Like, mm, yeah, right. toasty. <laughs> yeah. It's hot yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really hot. This place is all America. Mm, Toasty. Mm, Toasty. Yep. Um, Um, You want to talk about road trips? I get really bored in the car. Do you? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm actually not a fan of long road trips and we take them a lot. Do you drive or passenger more? So because of my neck now, I'm 100% Mm, passenger. That is boring. Um, Yeah, that does play a role. Passengering is more boring. No, because that would be like a disservice to Hannah. 
you know what time do you drive i'm not saying i'm not saying that has to be every but i i just like i don't know we we talk um Mm -hmm. uh what time do we drive Uh, oh daytime basically yeah okay here's what we do do. nighttime and now we don't because yeah we we do nighttime somebody die on the in the nighttime (laughs) i feel like i'm more likely to die in the daytime Mm. there's just more cars to hit you it depends where you are yeah 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 if you're on a long road trip like like okay so we drove to philly recently from here we were in philly for my mom's 60th birthday it was Mm -hmm. a great time um we drove from here to philly Mm -hmm. left at 9 p.m yep or something 10 hour road trip get in at like seven nice um amazing amazing because you have to drive through dc you have yeah, to drive right. through like yeah, all, all these area. places where yeah. you're like the traffic is terrible but if you do it at five in the morning four in the morning nobody's out nice so you're just like zoom right through yeah that's, that's a good play. move that is a good move the the route that we t- we were actually going to go to dc for a few days but she's pregnant and we're, we were going to do a lot of things we were going to visit daniel we were going to visit uh, oh jason. right i forgot about that daniel and jason Beggs were both supposed to be visited and then we were going to stop in DC and whatever. We were just both like, oh, no, um, she can't, you know, whatever. So we, uh, we, we, the route that we take is through like West Virginia and uh, it's Mountain from Mama. like, yeah, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and then New York. So it's so really 81. Is that 81? 70 something. I don't know. We just have Google Maps telling us where to turn. Um, okay. Might be 81 a while. Yeah. There's like, 81, 76, 90, 95. Those are all highways on the way. Um, 81 goes from like Knoxville, Tennessee to uh, like Hagerstown, Maryland. No, this one goes through Charlotte. We don't touch Maryland. Oh, oh, it goes through Charlotte. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, But it's really chill. Like, you know, it doesn't go through basically any major cities except for Charlotte. It's not 95. Yeah. Yeah, right. The beginning of the trip's always wild because you're in Florida and it's crazy everywhere. But, dude. Um. But yeah. So. Dude, you're telling me. Driving, man. Yeah, Florida's My crazy. My homie just got back from a couple months in Florida. He said it's like living in New Jersey. Everyone there is from New Jersey and New York. Oh. Yeah, I mean, there are. I don't know. Everybody that. I think. Yeah, the East Coast. Any everybody there is from the East Coast somewhere. If you uh-huh. live somewhere on the East Coast, you feel like everybody's from that place. Like mm-hmm. we live in Buffalo, everybody has Bill's gear on in Florida yeah. because everyone's from Buffalo, but they're also from everywhere else. Well, he's from South Carolina and he was like, it felt like no one there was from the South, like the entire, no one there's from the Florida. South. It's crazy. Yeah. If you come across like a Southern accent, it's yeah. wild, but then you drive. And he's like from like Columbia, South Carolina. He's got the whole thing, you know? Yeah. You drive a few hours to Georgia. Yeah. And all of a sudden accents out the You're wazoo. In the south. Yeah. All the way to West Virginia, like hours and hours mm-hmm. and hours of deep south accents. But Florida, there's it's either Hispanic popular like people speaking Spanish. Yeah. Or people from New Jersey. Or people from the north. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah it's wild, man. And native Floridians don't have a southern accent unless you like live in the flats somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. You don't you're it's not in the seen. south even though it's the southernmost bit. You're not in the south. It's weird yeah i think that people listening i want to know people from europe's take like like it's not uncommon for a u.s certain person to like just take a 20-hour road trip you know like right. it's like people Dude, do it I was all just the thinking time about how dope that would be if you lived in 
you know, Portugal is so appealing to me for so many reasons. Okay. Um, yeah, we talked about one, this on the show. Right. Well, a new reason has been why. added to the list. Okay. No crypto taxes. Oh, wow. You just not pay taxes on your crypto gains in Portugal. Interesting. It's just like a, a crypto tax haven. Um, but in addition to that, they have a self-employment visa and you can get full permanent residency in the eu if you right. just live there for three years it's the gate you it's the gateway we, we to the were, EU. you were talking about this it's, i was telling yeah, you this. Okay. yeah 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 anyway but i've just thought about that i was like yo if you live in portugal like you could just like drive to switzerland like right. quicker than i could drive to maryland isn't that crazy it's like america's so big <laughs> it is crazy to me america's like the size of western europe that you could or just like be double like, the size of Western oh, I'm going to drive to Russia this weekend. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. That's insane. Cry- crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. She's so fun though. Yeah. I don't know. She it's got to be weird. Around. Even like li- if you live in the UK, well, within your own country, how long does it take to drive tip to tip? You know? Of the United States? No, the UK. Of oh, the UK? It's got to, I mean, it's got to be like, it's basically the, the size of California, right? I don't know. Let's assume. Yeah, that seems about right. So, I don't know. It's probably like seven eight hours. Eight hours. I mean, let's see. How long? But it's like I'm a work Google day. It. How long does it take to drive north to south? Um, is the island called Great Britain? I don't know. Yeah, do that. UK. Because UK includes some shit that's not on the island. Right, right. Ireland. Northern Ireland. Um, North to South England. England is the island, right? I don't know. Um, uh, No, England is one of the countries. We're not going to segue this right now, but we need to segue to the last kingdom at some point. Okay. Okay. Um, How long does it take to drive across England? Here we go. Across west to east depends where you are. From the tip of Cornwall to Dover, it takes seven hours. I don't know what that is. Tip of Cornwall to Dover. That's yeah, west to east, though. There's I'm cliffs just open Google Dover. Maps. I know that. Google Maps. England. So you care about the island, right? Not the country. Yeah. Right. Okay, so the United Kingdom. Oh, Jesus. This is. The, okay, so I'm just going to say, like, the most generous southernmost point directions to the very tip top of scotland yeah um i guess we'll move it here to thurso okay oh oh my god this is so difficult google maps why are you like this all right so we'll say from thurso to canterbury or to dover okay thurso to dover yeah, but we'll say the directions from I don't know what Dover, UK to Thurso, UK. Twelve hours and fifty-five minutes. That's crazy. That's like uh, here to a little past Chicago. That's like uh, that's longer. See, the longer or the exact distance from Buffalo to where you live, from my house to your house, I think it's twelve hours. Twelve hours. Yeah, and you could get yeah. from the very tip top of Scotland to the very bitty bottom of england interesting in that time yeah uh google yeah. says you can drive from germany to russia in 19 hours which is about new york to florida taint bad taint bad at all ain't that bad 
so also, that's, uh, that probably that's counts times. like some autobahn time where you get to drive 150 miles an hour <laughs> right yeah so yeah daniel that's uh that's the good stuff last kingdom have you watched the show huh so this is a recommendation from of course none other than aaron francis mm-hmm. somebody was saying something and he's like oh you should watch this show and i was like all right well i'm always looking for a show and i've seen the last kingdom on netflix like been recommended have you seen mm-hmm. it being recommended maybe maybe whatever i started watching it and i was like okay this is interesting i wonder if i'll get into this it's uh it looks it l- started out looking like a low budget medieval warrior thing mm-hmm. but i'll just say that it has swept me off my feet i'm extremely addicted if you're looking to get addicted to a show nice i think it's it's a totally addictive worthy show Good. And a great history lesson about England and whatnot. So, very good. I'll look into it. Yeah, yeah. It's mostly historically accurate, like as much as those shows kind of are, but um, but more so than like Vikings of Valhalla and stuff. Like it's much more accurate portrayal of Vikings and Danish people and we got Vikings, Saxons. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. it's all about the Vikings and the Saxons. You know, nice. that's the whole thing. The Christians and the pagans uh-huh. fighting Have a lot, ever- getting intertangled. Um, did you ever watch Lillehammer? No. It's a great comedy. Also Netflix about uh, Norway. You should watch it. Lillehammer? Lillehammer? Lillehammer. I think that Norway is uh, funny. Like, uh, what's that? Um, it is. And that... they, these people identify all the ways that you haven't even thought of that Norway is funny. Great. Yeah. I'm basically going off that Will Ferrell movie that is uh what's it um eurovision <laughs> it's um i just love the accent that they use the, what's like, the guy silly norwegian accent what's the guy who's uh silvio in the sopranos yeah you know who i'm talking about um no silvio oh sopranos um yes Steve of course Van Zandt. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah love that guy uh steve van zandt it's him and he's basically like a gangster in the witness protection program and he moves to norway and opens a bar oh and it's just like this like sort of italian american you know guy running a bar in norway and encountering all of the ways that norway is norway nice it's great that is great i'll have to check it out i i got it on the google um yeah yeah so i've been like into vikings and old norse and just all that stuff and it's just cool and i want to be a viking so cool and just norwegian in general i i would like i would like some uh like i I need a like a norwegian shawl thing for the winter you know like their equivalent of a poncho Sure. sure um so if anybody's listening is from norway you know hook it up with the shawl hook it up with one of them shawls you got uh-huh uh-huh um, so yeah <laughs> as i put he, he says as he pulls a blanket from nowhere oh it's the titan blanket i have yeah, that the titan blanket that actually it's is it's a great blanket it is and it looks like a viking a shawl. like shoulder fur shoulder shawl that yeah that yeah like a dane i actually had it over my shoulders while i was like cooking the other day because i was kind of chilly i just wore it as a sweater yeah it's it's nice it's very soft Mm-hmm. I don't think I'll ever wash it though, because I think the first time you wash it, probably the first time you ruined. dry it, yeah, it's the kind of blanket yeah. that'll just like it, it'll turn against you. It's like yeah. really soft and fluffy, but there's a cost to that. Mm-hmm. 
what you could do is put it in a freezer. <laughs> you not, not a joke. Serious. What do you do? What's this? So freezer, I huh? do this with my jeans. I have <laughs> jeans that I don't wash. Do you have any jeans you don't wash? None that I don't wash. There's some okay. that I wash not as often. Yeah. So I, I've actually have washed all of my jeans now, but I have, there are jeans that I don't wash for years. Wow. Um, and what I do is when they get, I'm obviously I like brush them off with a brush to get any sort of Dude, anything like sticks to them. This I will crazy. like brush off, <laughs> but obviously at some point they smell like balls. Yeah. Right. Uh, cause, cause you got balls and they smell sometimes. So sure. at some point you need to make your pants not smell. Yeah. Well, the source of the smell is bacteria. Okay. Um, and so you put them oh, in a wow, Ziploc bag and you put them in a freezer for like a week and balls it just kills anything that smells. Yeah. Hmm. And then you take them out and you brush them and you, they're clean. They're not dirty. Wow. Um, but yeah. Freeze your pants, huh? Freeze your pants. Crazy. So this works yeah, for any all... smell? Does this work for like armpit sweat smell? I don't know. I don't do this with my shirts. We should do that as a test. Um, But it works with pants. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> That's great, Daniel. Where'd you learn that? Where'd jean- you pick that up? I... Well, if you, get, if you get deep enough into the jeans community, it's pretty common Everybody's practice. freezing their jeans. It's, it's pretty common practice. To freeze your jeans. That's really weird. Yeah. Hmm. Well, the more you know. Hmm. The more you know. So, yeah, Daniel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a lot yeah. of stuff to know, you know? Yeah, there's a lot to know, you know? Daniel, so much to know. Mm-hmm. Daniel, I'm working on an input masking plugin for Alpine. Dude, we talked about this a little. Let's talk about it more. Did so, we? So, we talked about it via text. Oh, yeah, yeah. I said, what is info masking? It sounds like it's, this is the it's problem. Po- it's coming together, actually, now. It's coming together. So for the listener, for the user, um, the concept of input masking is as follows. You, are, you have to type in your social security number on a website, and you want it to put the little dash after the first three numbers before the last, or between the numbers, you know? Yeah. Like, I was about to say my social security number. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. wait. No, we'll, um, we'll fix it in post if you do want to say it. So, But uh, that's so funny. I straight up almost said my social security number on our popular. Daniel, do you room. know if you say your social security number that the editor bleeps it out for you? Try it, it turns into asterisks. Mine's beep, 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 beep. Um, so, yeah, if you were going to type in your social security number, say you wanted it to like... uh space it out put the asterisks in but like you don't want those asterisks to actually be in the input value and like if you backspace the first four and then backspace again you want it to not backspace the asterisk you want it to backspace the number presumably sort of yeah i mean no you're right you're right in your explanation you're you're wrong in how well i've adhered to it um (laughs) but you're right and those are two nice things that you've described that i have not tackled one of them is is yeah like if you do, you make an input mask for a date like eight slash twenty six slash right and if you like right now the way that I have the input mask set up it like like you're saying as you type you type like zero eight it auto fills the next slash then you type mm-hmm. the next two and right 
and then as if you put your cursor like back at the eight and start typing it'll you know not like type over the slash it'll type to the right of the slash and -hmm. you know yeah okay um but daniel uh the thing that i haven't done is it's just that is the input value like i'm just manipulating the the input value exactly okay um and i think that's a better it's definitely a better default i think but you're you're right that it would be nice to have some sort of api to retrieve the unmasked value the filtered value well i'm thinking specifically about phone numbers right like you want to show the like parentheses and dashes and stuff in the input for the phone number. Yeah. But really you want the standardized phone number, which is just plus country code and then all the numbers in a row with no punctuation. That's what you want to store in the database. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I've sort of resigned to like do that on the back, do end. it on the back end. Yeah. Because which I think is fair. You kind of have to do it anyway. Yeah. So you do. why not just do it only there? Um, agreed but there might be some place for it but yeah input masking okay so here's here's one bit that i didn't do because it's really tough if you so think about this like if you were to write your own input mask solution that like listens for an input event on an input text thing and Mm -hmm. as you type let's say it's the phone number and Mm -hmm. and you have like i don't know world's crudest implementation where you're like if characters are greater than three append a a closed parentheses right Mm -hmm. So you type like 716 and then it pops in the next parentheses for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if you hit backspace, it'll re-trigger the input event. It will pass the conditional of like, there are three characters, so append the parentheses. So you mm-hmm. can't ever backspace through the parentheses because it'll... So I, if I think if I was building this, I would not actually append those parentheses to the input. I think I would just append them to the display. How would you do that? I don't know if that's uh, I don't know. Possible. I don't know how I do it. I would assume that you have a separate that your display is separate from your input, right? Right. That is not the case with this oh. plugin and any other input mask tool. Um, it's not true of any input mask tool? Right. There are things that um to my knowledge, any of the ones that I've like compared notes with um are all the same in this way. My implementation is way simpler than everybody else's. And I think some of that is like, in some ways, I think I have a few clever bits, but in other ways, like I'll explain one that I just don't tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you're right that there are texts like uh, like Stripe's date field mm-hmm. looks like a just a normal text input. But it's not. Uh, it's not. It's three the input inputs. is invisible and you're typing into an invisible input. There's and it's three invisible inputs else. separated yeah. by like span tags with the slashes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that so has a bunch of advantages. Do. Right. And that is actually great for a lot of things. But for some things, um, for like money, you know, that's not great for even phone numbers. Um, yeah, although that could be good. But and it is just more complicated because you have all those different inputs and for variable amounts like uh, bin or uh, IBAN numbers. So I don't think it needs to be multiple inputs, though. I think it could be one input for a phone number. Yeah, I guess I don't know any of any function faculty or whatever anything that you could use in javascript or a browser to put a space between actual input text you know what do you mean like if you how would you insert the parentheses if not directly as an input value uh insert it where so as you type 716 and then the parentheses gets inserted 
automatically. Sure. So let's let's do like a okay. We're in we're in Alpine. We have an input, yeah. right? Yeah. And we're X modeling that input. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Then we're gonna have something that's displaying a computed piece of data based on that X modeled input. Okay. Which is gonna format that thing like a phone number. Oh. Okay. So yeah. it's you know what I'm saying. Right. And then what I would do is I would just make the input invisible. Uh huh. The actual input invisible, and then I would style the display like an input, Ooh. and put a fake cursor in it, so that it felt like this an is input. very interesting. So I so uh, so that way the actual value you get is just the numbers right. without the parentheses and everything. Wow! And then it's styled and displayed back to the user as though it was actually input. Dude, that's crazy. It feels natural to me. <laughs> I don't know. I should look into that just for fun. Because that would make things so much easier. Holy cow. The the really hard part. Yeah, because like I, the, the hell of it all seems like manipulating the actual data live yes. seems like hell. I yes. would never want to do that. Right. Yes. And, and that sounds like the hell is. that you're currently in. Yes, exactly. I thought like maybe I could get away with what you're saying, but I didn't think about like overlaying and hiding the input. I was just going to like offer like because... I guess like I think I was reading through I don't know some standard thing somewhere that's like it is helpful to maybe it was just like a reddit thread of of people just debating input masks in general and how it's like well the best kind are when it's just a free form input field and then the formatted version shows up below it or something so you know like you can see the formatted version but you're, there's no guessing of like do I add the parentheses myself or is you mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. um so yeah, okay. But I mean what what you're saying is very fascinating. Uh the cursor would be you would have to represent the cursor. Yeah. There there's if you could successfully like forward all everything to a hidden input field. Mhm. Mm and then have one that's displayed that you can't touch. But yeah. also like shows that, the cursor. That would be the cool thing is like if you had like a Oh, maybe if you just like handled on key press events on your input yeah. and said just like them. on key press, just don't do anything, but forward that on key press event to this other input. Yeah. That would be fucking sick. Yeah. There would and be... then you could capture backspaces and then you could use that backspace to do your, your craziness. Right. So, so I mean, it, Actually, this you is... wouldn't even need to capture backspaces. You could just pass the backspaces straight through. Yeah, exactly. You could pass oh, everything. So that's hot. why that's so sick. You could just pass everything straight through. Um, but I wonder how gnarly it would get with like, you know, if you tab to an input field and it like selects the whole thing, you know, like right. it would have to be like tabbable to get to it. Yeah. And you need to it, capture so many different events. Yeah. It, I wonder if maybe the, the overlay is just a plain input field. The, so there's like the, you know, the, We'll, we'll say like the hidden one and the show and the visible one mm -hmm. the visible one you can't modify it's read only mm -hmm. but you can put your cursor in and it would do whatever with it yeah, yeah, yeah the hidden one is obviously fully modifiable yeah. um so this covers like if you tab to the visible one it'll just behave like a normal input you can tab right. to it it'll fo it'll focus and it'll highlight everything yep and then it just captures every input every Right. So, well, like, so let's say like you tab to it, it highlight. You would have to have this. Is what you need to do. Ah, oh, there. This would be the the cursor would be the really gnarly part because you would have to like synchronize the cursor positions. Because if you highlighted a chunk of that 
facade input and mm-hmm. then hit delete, you'd have to forward the deletion of only those characters, you know? Right. That might be what I'm fi- There's kind of two, honestly, the gnarliest part of all of this, to me, the gnarliest part is the cursor, handling uh, the cursor, basically. Yeah. And also, like, the existing solutions are bad. So many input masks on even major websites. The cursor position is just broken. Yeah. Describe to me scenarios, broken cursor position scenarios. It happens to me all the time with currency inputs. Yeah. Let's talk about currency inputs because I'm tackling that too. What's really common is like, I feel like my bank's website does this. Okay. Um, Or is it my bank or is it some website I recently used like in the last week? To do money-related things. I think PayPal, and I think I know what you're talking about, but I It's me. like, so you start typing, and it you're typing cents. Yes. PayPal does that, and it sucks. I hate you're it. Typing so if you want to send somebody $100, you have to type out... A hundred zero zero. Ten thousand dollars Yeah. Yeah. Which is terrifying. Yes. Yep. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad news. You're like, oh, send $10, and you, it's written 10 cents. That's so dumb. Yeah, it's bad news. Yeah. Um, it should but be I, the other way, right? Where you start with dollars and then you have the option to add yes, cents if you want to. Totally. And it could append the dot if you want to. Uh, right. Like, yes. That, and so that's the way that my money input mask works. So I, I both like the first thing I looked at was like, I got to find who does that stupid input mask that I hate, what you're describing. So I started looking at every website and I was like, oh, it's PayPal. Um, but outside of PayPal, like... But anyway, so what what happens with PayPal is you type in, I don't know if it's PayPal, I think it's a different website, but it could be that they're using the PayPal input through some sort of white label situation. Square or uh, the Cash app might also do this. I very simply do not know. Um, But anyway, like you (laughs) type... Please stop interrogating me. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You type cents, then you type dollars, then you click away from the input, then you say, oh, I want to change the number of dollars right Mm -hmm. and you click the input and no matter where in the input you click it puts your cursor in the sense section and then you have to backspace all the way through the sense back to the dollars and then you start typing you're typing sense again yeah you know what i'm saying so it's like if i have like sixty dollars and fifty cents right and i'm like oh actually i wanted sixty one dollars and fifty cents yeah i click it I click right by the zero because I want to yeah. replace the zero with a one uh-huh. and it sticks me at the end by yeah, the 50 cents. So, so I have to backspace all the way through the 50 cents. Yep. And then if I start typing 61, it's like 61 cents now. Yeah. I'm like, uh, it's, yeah. it's bad. That is bad. And that's silly. Yeah. So my money input mask is you just start typing. It's an empty input field. Type six, zero, then you're in charge of the period. Yes. Once you type the period, then you type two decimal places. If you try to type more, it just stops you. It just Mm -hmm, stuck mm -hmm. it to. And then if you put your cursor, so these are some of the tough things. Input masking is like the final boss. Sorry, money is the final boss of input masking. Sure, because because all the European currencies use commas. Actually, that's the easiest thing in the world. Uh, I would, dude. I want to explain to you my strategy for input mask. I think you'll really like it. But so this, uh, this input mask deal, whatever, money. Okay. If you put your cursor to the left of the period, 
and you start typing, it behaves differently than other input masks because it's like an infinite number of numbers before the period. Yes. You know, where other input masks are not like that. There's no like mm -hmm. a variable amount before the mask. It's like, you know, um, so that was a difficult thing to like make that exception just for money, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then it'll add the commas automatically as you type. But the so that's commas, not what I'm talking about. Like European currencies use commas instead of periods. Yeah. For their no, I know for that, their that part's it's like just simple. I basically just have the American one and I invert. I literally have like a script that replaces all commas with periods for the input and the output. Oh. So it just reverses okay, gotcha, it. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, but I'm just saying the problem in general, periods or commas, whatever, that it inserts things as you type before, like the mask changes dynamically, you know, it's just so different than any other input mask. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and so that's like a tough problem because also as you type, like it, ah, this is the hard part, figuring out the cursor position. Cause as you type, there's new characters in addition to the character you just typed being added to the left. So you have to like account for that because Daniel, whenever you change an input value on an input, the cursor gets shot to the end no matter what. So with input masking, you have to calculate and figure out where to put the cursor as the user's typing. Mm -hmm. And because you're inserting other characters, you have to like know that and adjust the cursor position by that mm -hmm. and make it generic for like every use case. So that, that was the hardest part for me is all the cursor stuff. Um, but so here, here's my bit with the money. Can I walk you through it? Talk to me. So here's the basic scenario with the plugin. It's X mask. It's just X mask. Yes. And then you just write out like for a phone number, it would be parentheses. 999 parentheses space 9999 hyphen 9999 whatever 999 nine, nine, nine. so you get it like nine represents any numeric value you can do asterisks for any value and you can do a for alpha values mm -hmm. and then you just you just write out you know the mask it's straightforward makes total sense right mm -hmm. okay so that's good for for everything that's good for social security numbers it's good for credit card numbers um account numbers like uh, what else? Uh, dates and phone numbers. So it's good for most input mask scenarios, except for money, because money you have, to, like we said, like you have to have some way to denote, like this chunk is an any number of numbers, any number of numbers. Mm -hmm. And then Which in regex is like solved. You know how to do it in regex, but it's right. like how do you do it in your made up regex? Exactly. And it's like, yeah. do we drop down a regex? And, and then the, the commas, how do you represent inserting commas after every, you know, from every the right, three. every yeah, three yeah. from the right. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's like, that's another gnarly one. Like I, I just, I was, this was on the road trip. I'm like writing out like fake. Did you figure it out? Yes. And I'm really pumped it? about it. I'm pumped that it works. Cause I, for a while I was just barking up the tree of like, I need some way to represent this concept of, of multiple uh, and then I was like, I was going to throw my hands up and be like, let's just do X mask money. You know, I would, so I would have just put, uh, like double square brackets or something around it. and mean, like this means any number of the thing that's inside of it. So double square back brackets around, gotcha, uh, around gotcha. one nine. Right. Okay. So how would you do it for the commas? How would you represent? That, that's a different problem yeah, that I that's would solve like, next. Right. And then, okay. And then the period would just be the period. And then the other two would just be nine, nine. So that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So those were the two things I need to add in. And I, but I was like, to generalize that and make it so that like, so now the brackets, whatever, to generalize all that, 
would be a bear. Why don't I just mm -hmm. do X mass colon money, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's sort of what I landed on, but whatever, forget that. This is the strategy, Daniel. You dynamically generate the mask every keystroke, basically. Yes. And so, so this is the syntax now. You can say X mask colon function, and then you just write an Alpine function that spits out the mask. Mm -hmm. And it receives the input as a parameter. Mm -hmm. So it's like you just check how many characters are there, and then you generate a mask with the commas in the right spot. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's one little thing that I had, whatever. But that's the that's the gist. What do you think? That's dope. It's so, so you're clean, right? You have a function that generates the string nine 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 comma nine 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 comma nine 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 period nine nine. Yes. Yeah, that's cool. Yep. And for the first character you type, the function generates the string nine. Yep. Yep. And then you type a period, and then it generates nine I fuck with period. The vision. I fuck with so, the vision. So you could use this. So like, I feel, dude, it's one of those things where it's like, this is the right abstraction. Yeah, it yeah, works yeah. for like the most it's complex use case and you yeah. can use it to do whatever you want with input masking. Yeah. And amazing. it's super clean and it's all reactive. So you can like in your function, depend on react JS. It's all react. Yeah. I so it's, an, it's actually it. a react Alpine <laughs> plugin. It's the first one. Yes. So that's, that's input masking. Thanks for going mm -hmm. on that journey with me, Deke. For sure. Yep. Um, I know I complained about this to you already a little bit. Um, creating a TypeScript React plugin is like so annoying. Oh, right. Okay. That is all. So TypeScript React. So yeah, I guess. So here's the deal. Here, let me give you the constraints, right? Okay. If you have someone making a TypeScript React app, yep. you want to give them the full TypeScript-y version of your React plugin. So you yes. want to give them all the types and all the nonsense and all the everything, right? Yes. Um, if you have someone doing like a regular JavaScript React app, you want to give them like the regular JavaScript-y version of your React things. Yes. If they're using MJS, Module.js, you want to give them the MJS versions. If they're using CommonJS, you want to give them the CommonJS versions yeah. that don't use imports. So you need to generate all of these things. Yeah. All these things need to be generated. So Rollup is basically the tool that you use to do that. Yep. Um, then it's like working on it. Like you want to work on it in an environment where you can just update the code and it's like hot module reloading in a browser, right? You do. Everyone yes. does. Any I person. So. Your case, I think specifically lends itself, like the, what you're working on, it's much better if you have hot reloading. But like I don't have hot reloading with Liveware Alpine and I don't care at all. Sure. I'm just saying like every... If you're writing React, you're writing it in a context where you have hot reloading. Gotcha. Yeah. So I, I've i been writing a lot of React and losing hot reloading feels very bad. Okay. But not only is it like hot reloading, like even if it wasn't hot reloading, I would want to be it. I would want it to at the very minimum be that I make a change, it recompiles and I reload the page and the change right. is there, yeah, which that's... is not, which is not easy to accomplish. Interesting. Because uh the rebuild like the webpack rebuild of so the normal oh, way right, i would do this right, if right, this right. was like a php app or something right is you're i would just when like, you're consuming your plugin when i'm consuming my package my package when you're using files, it in your own little test react app you right. want to be able to modify the package file and you want your your react app, app to rebuild to rebuild yeah 
which doesn't happen. Gotcha. Because I'm not monitoring mm. node modules for changes to trigger rebuilds. Right. 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 Um, so I could do that. I could like make it monitor this node modules file. But then it's like, I don't even know if it like automatically updates the node modules. I think it, it, that only happens on an NPM install. Sorry, what did you start that sentence by? Were you talking about like, because I, I guess the only bit I've done with this for like local stuff is NPM link. Yep. And so it like sim links. So I think that works. I'm actually using the like yarn add folder. You can like yarn add a, a directory. Okay. And it seems like it's actually copying the directory on a yarn install. Oh. Rather than like sim linking it. I guess I could NPM link. I just, I don't know if Yarn has link. I should look into that, whether yes. Yarn has link. NPM link is actually really nice and it's symlinked. So I'm just trying to think like, but I don't think it would trigger a rebuild on the like local app. Um, Unless you specifically called that out in your Webpack config to tell it to monitor that folder. Right. Or whatever your Which build you tool is. Yeah. Or you could yeah. just like trigger the build by saving a file in your local app yeah whatever it, whatever yeah. it may be yeah yeah nonetheless continue anyway it's it that's just like the annoying hell that i've been fighting with and like there's i mean there's other like constraints that i've like come up like i didn't really understand peer dependencies until yesterday okay but like peer dependencies are a thing like i ended up like in this crazy thing mm. where it turned out that the problem was that i had two copies of react because when you npm or because yeah, the plugin like learned. you need to import react in your plugin to like register the plugin or something well you, yeah because you get all these typescript errors you can't compile because you don't yeah, have you have react to like, right and so turns out you need peer dependencies but then to what you need to do is you need to do your build of your plugin and mm. then you need to delete your node modules so that there's no peer dependency so that there's no the peer, local yeah it's crazy yeah i ran into so, that when i was doing the the solana East stuff there was whatever i ran into and i mean i've run into that with other stuff i'm trying to think even like in php that's an issue you know yeah um trying to think what i run into that issue with but uh whatever anyway yes peer depends peer depends so, problem so i have like the worst workflow in the world right now and because it's like my workflow is like to change something run a yarn build Yep. delete my node modules do a yarn install in the practice app yeah you see what i'm saying like well, so hell. you could at least so this is why i imported storybook would take out all of that except for hot module bundling but npm what link would, would npm link npm would, link would solve the part where you're removing and reinstalling the thing is that true because i've yeah, found a like bunch a of true with i mean it's a true sim link to node modules you know, right, so like, but normally when you, normally when you, uh, oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Because I need yeah. to install, like, after you npm install anything, to, you have to rerun the Webpack Watcher or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd probably still have to do that, I guess. So anyway, right now my current solution is like I have hmm. Storybook running for my package. Yeah. So that I can like play with my package in storybook context for at least some like fast access to my my components so I can do like tailwind changes and stuff yeah. in like a quick 
non-crazy environment. And then like every once in a while, I'm like, okay, I think this is good enough to like test it in the actual app context. Like let's do the whole rain dance and like yeah, right. get it over dance. there. It's That's bad, funny. dude. Uh, yeah, that does sound bad. All of that uh, definitely sounds bad, Daniel. Yep. <laughs> I would love for someone who like makes React like TypeScript React plugins to hit me up and like show me their workflow because I don't believe that this is like there this can't be the best way. I'm like I'm missing something. So like just as a thought experiment, let's say that I want to write a React plugin. I would use yeah. ES build, which would give which would handle the TypeScript transpiling mm-hmm. and it would handle outputting CJS and ESM and all that. Mm-hmm. Um so that part's basically done. And mm-hmm. then I would have it on a watcher as I'm developing it. So all of that works great. But then the next step is I want to boot up a React app and use it. Yeah. So I would NPM link and I'm and in the React app that I'm consuming it from, I would also not be using Webpack. I'd be using ES Build, which I guess sure. is like just because so I'm can't just speak using for like whatever the next create default React is. App thing. Okay. Uh, yeah, create maybe. next app. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I think is Webpack, right? I don't, it doesn't even, it's like not transparent what it is. Okay. Um, yeah. So, cause I think I had to source dive that for some stupid. It does let you like overwrite your Babel config. Okay. So it's using Babel for sure. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know. I'm just reiterating the whole thing, but if I think if you did NPM link, you wouldn't have to do the whole remove and reinstall. Cause I don't think it like stores all of the code in memory. It's just like knowing that that module exists is the part where you have to like reboot the watcher you know mm-hmm. but once you've already like done it but i think you still do need to do the process of like running the build of your package and then deleting node modules and then deleting node modules oh oh i don't know about that but i you because if you have a cop because like normally when you install an npm project yeah it's not running a build and therefore, it's not like creating all right. of its dependencies yes. and it, it doesn't have a node modules directory. You shouldn't need to remove node modules, I wouldn't think. You keep the dependencies that you're hiding as like dev dependencies um, in your package.json. Yes. And then, so if React is a dev dependency in the child, it breaks. Right. It does still break, yeah. huh? It has to be a peer dependency. So oh. there cannot be a copy of React in the node modules file of the child gotcha. repo. That's crazy. I know. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, weird. I don't know. Well, that all sounds crazy, Daniel. Um, it's nuts, though. There must be... This is React we're talking about. There must be some like yeah. clean uh, so I'm template using this, out there somewhere. I'm using the clean template. I'm using this thing called TSDX, the TypeScript developer experience. Mm-hmm. Um, TSDX is like the framework for like writing TypeScript React plugins. And there are issues about this that are open. What that about are like not doing TypeScript? Because I'm not done. No, no, Daniel, I know what you just heard. I'm not saying that. Nothing about that setup, nothing about your woes is unique to TypeScript or caused by TypeScript. Uh-huh. Right? I don't think it is, no. So is there I mean, better... except for the fact that I have like, that it makes my dev environment more complex. Right. But but like it adds like another layer of configuration and things yeah. that I don't trust. Right. To but my it doesn't 
in theory, your problems are... In theory, it's not the cause of this problem, yeah. from TypeScript. So I wonder Correct. if maybe there's a better plugin authoring experience that you could patch TypeScript. That I could TypeScriptify. Yeah, right. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. The... Yeah. It all sounds super dark. And then when you add Storybook to the equation, it just sounds like you've just ran off a cliff. Well, I mean, yeah, it's just the only way that I could, like, live. That's crazy. Yeah. Weird. Daniel. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I feel <sighs> like I had... I don't know. At some point, I feel like I had the setup where maybe it, it was, like, a Livewire plugin or... Li- I don't know, where I had, like, one plugin repo open, mm-hmm. and when I saved it, a build ran which then triggered the build of a more like yeah that, that's probably the direction i'm going is like probably like not making this much better except for doing rather than doing like a full npm install just like removing and re-adding the one package hmm. so that i don't have to wait for everything else to reinstall and all yeah that right shit. no doubt so, as a minimum you should do that yeah yeah so i I basically I think what where I'm getting heading towards is like writing a script that like does that and then somehow triggering that script from the builds of the package. Right. Dude, there's got to be a solution, man. But yeah. But yeah, all of it like <laughs> it depends how much time you want to waste on. Well, right, that's the thing, man. Figuring that out. But I mean, I'm going to build be... anything. Ugh. Yeah. I'm going to be in this world for a little bit like Yeah. Dude, so we're in crunch time like I mean, we are 15 days away from the bot head mint. I am just grinding. You like, think you're going to hit it? I mean, you have to I mean, uh, yeah, we're going to hit it. It's yeah. just a question of whether I hit the, like, the pre-mint deadlines. Like, there's things that I want to be done and working before mint. Yeah, yeah, of course. That, like, those, those like, it's those deadlines that are, like, they're going to contribute to the marketing of the package. Like people using bothead to get whitelist for bothead yep. is the goal, which means we want that to be done at least a week ahead of mid. Right, 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 right. Which means I've got like a week to make that work. And so, uh, how anyway. far away from that do you... So by uh, that week. logic, you shouldn't be working on any of this staking plugin stuff, right? Because that's just extra. <sighs> shouldn't Stake be, head. but like also it's like, also marketing right like i think we're gonna get a big marketing hit off of putting that out so like there's it is a value proposition it's a value balance question yep schmeckle that schmeckle tunst schmeckle tunst yeah shabloimp yeah what's our uh, time here at deke oh what is our time here at we're We're at at hour six hour six dude you want to cut it uh yeah, I do want to cut it because it's beautiful outside. I'd like to get a little more of the sunlight in my life. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of the moonlight these days. Right. Dude, can I talk to you real quick about lightning? There was some insane lightning last night. And thunder? Yeah, there was thunder too, but it wasn't like... It almost felt like the thunder... The lightning was too big for the thunder that it was generating. Like It mm. seemed like the thunder should have been more like cracky. Uh-huh. Like, but yes. it was actually like rolling like like oh, it was just so sort of really like, far away it must have been but the lightning was so big it looked so close wow and it was like yeah 
you, so you're watching like the big lightning bolts and everything like very mass and we were watching the beatles documentary sweet. have you watched that i don't know i it's have on watched disney plus which i'm sure two. you have definitely have um, um it's it's the it get called? back beatles get back so it's like this recording session and they had a documentary crew while they were recording or writing all so you see them in real time writing get back let it be um maxwell silver hammer like all the hits they write them all in this room over like a two-week period and cameras are there for all of it and you see like the band breaking down you see like yoko is just sitting there the whole time they're recording you see george trying to quit the band like you it's crazy that's crazy it's not so you gotta watch watch it hannah would be way into that yeah anyway it was wild okay um paul really held the beatles together you you like do not understand how much it was like paul's band yeah yeah it's crazy huh Hmm. 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 definitely gotta check that out gotta check it out seeing paul basically like just he's just strumming a bass and just like figuring stuff out and then he like starts strumming you're like oh that's the chord progression for get back Uh, yeah and then you're like and then he's just singing sounds. He's like, get back. And then like, and then like Ringo like hears it and like picks it up and starts like playing. Drum. It's like, they just like made up get back. It wow. was great. Yeah. It was amazing. That's crazy. It was dope. Wild. Anyway, we're watching the Beatles documentary out the window of our like side door. I just keep seeing these massive lightning bolts. I was like, dude, I think a power line is down or something. Cause like there was like a wind advisory or whatever. Yeah. I was like, maybe a power line got knocked down. So I went out, out to like look and see if a power line was down. And it was just these massive vertical bolts of lightning, like hitting the ground, like not far huh. away, it seemed. And it would be like four or five of them at a time. Like it was just like massive lightning. Sweet. I haven't seen anything like that in a long time. Wow. It was yeah. crazy. I, I I saw like this yeah, down in Florida. I saw like one awesome lightning storm where it's like Mufasa clouds and the lightning mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. in the clouds high up. Like it doesn't touch the ground. It's just like way up there. And that was super cool. But I haven't seen like a good lightning thunderstorm in a while. Dude, like a really crazy. good close. This one. is like some Zeus shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's great. Yeah, my brother uh, and my family—they went out to visit my brother, and they did some hiking in Estes National Park or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it because of the high elevation, it uh, like lightning's an issue at mm-hmm. specific times of day. And uh, whatever. Long story short, a lightning bolt hit a rock that they were—I don't remember how far they said they were from it, but it like exploded i don't know if it exploded it must have exploded but the way they were describing it it was like the loudest thing they've ever heard and felt and like i don't know i feel like there was this was a more exciting story but it it was just wild like I, i guess i've never had lightning strike close enough that um i don't know they felt like like they had just been like shot like it was that's just crazy unbelievable um yeah i don't know that's crazy. Imagine being struck know. by one of those. Whew. I don't know. That'd be a that'd be a rush. 
What a rush. But yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm in grind mode, man. I'm almost done. Almost done with the immediate grind. I've got like two weeks of it. Next Monday, we're on the Monkey Dow Monday Spotlight Twitter spaces. We've got like a bunch of marketing things to do. And I just grind the whole time. You're going to hit it, Deke. I think we're going to hit it. I think think we're going to hit it, it. man. Hopefully. You're going to hit it, Deke. Hope. Fully. I can't wait to talk about the other stuff we're doing. That's a secret too. The yeah, I saw some secret thing. You can uh, tell me after the show, right? Yeah, of course. Let's end the show. All right, <laughs> goodbye, people. Let's goodbye. cue the outro music. Music. <laughs> <laughs>